0: of work. So thank you very much for coming. And for those who watch it now and those who watch it later on today. Today is a good day. Today's one of the best days. It's exciting. It's fantastic. Well, I don't know, not really. I'm just saying that I'm trying to get myself kind of jazzed up. You know how it feels, where sometimes it's one of those days, you know, I don't know if you have this where you have I have two dogs and two cats. And I set up set up in my home office. Uh, i'm downstairs on the dining room table with the cat litter box and uh if you have cats it's you know it reeks it's terrible so so i'm trying to make the best of it and uh, uh we had a whole bunch of workers come in here for stuff i need around the house so working from home it's nice but sometimes sometimes not so great but that's not what we're here to talk about you know this, this is this is not the uh, LinkedIn live we're here to talk about I just wanted to share invent and get it off my chest because that's another thing when you work remotely you know you don't have anyone to listen to you know the cats and dogs will kind of listen but they don't know what you're talking about so it's not so helpful you don't have your colleagues and your co-workers that you could kind of share you know what happens but what today I want to do is talk about this this is so interesting there's if you want to know what's going on in the job market if you want to know what's happening, why maybe you're not getting interviews why maybe you're not getting job offers Um, if you're a hiring manager and you're kind of curious like why am i not getting the right candidates well don't worry i have the answers for you i'm going to give you some color from what I see. And what's cool is I have a good vantage point. I have a vantage point from being a recruiter. I've been doing this for going on 25 years, writing for Forbes. So I get a sense of, you know, what's happening in different sectors of, of the economy, what's happening with a whole variety of different companies. And, uh, you know, with recruiter a startup kind of work with people every day who are looking for a job. So I get a good flavor, you know, a pulse of what's happening. And what I'm noticing is, There's this big you know how they talk about the great resignation where people are saying, hey, we're just resigning, we're quitting and leaving. Well, I'll say this is the great mismatch. Maybe it's not as catchy as a great resignation, but, you know, work with me on it. So the great the great mismatch and what the great mismatch is I'm coining this phrase. Um, so if there are any intellectual property attorneys who are listening, you know, hit me up so I could get one of those trademark things on there so someone else doesn't steal it because it's so darn catchy and and interesting or maybe not. So for the great mismatch, here's what what's going on. On one side, and this is just my opinion from from seeing these things play out. So on one side, you have the companies that are kind of looking, and acting as if we're still in the midst of the pandemic. Now, I know we're not completely out of it, but I'm an optimistic guy. So I I think we're pretty much in this post-pandemic phase. Yes, I hear about the Delta variants. Yes, I hear about all the doom and gloom, but it does feel that with all, let's just hear here in the US with the millions of Americans who've been vaccinated, the mood has improved, states have reopened, The economy is doing well. The stock market is on fire. Real estate is doing well. So things are heading in the right direction, which is great. Um, Nothing's perfect, but it's heading in the right direction. Companies, however, are acting as if we're still in the midst of the pandemic, where things are still horrible. I'm not sure why. Maybe they didn't get the memo that it got better, or maybe just like, you know, everybody you know most people you get stuck in his time zone do we all have a friend who still wears the same clothes from the 80s or the early 90s they never felt they had to update they listen to the same music from when they were you know 22 they get stuck in a time warp and i think these companies got stuck in this time warp that they feel that There's still lots of people unemployed. They feel that they're massive layoffs, that people are hat in hand, oh, please, please give me your job, please. They don't realize, no, that's not the case. Quite the opposite. It actually changed. It's now a war for talent. It went all the way the other side. So not only are companies, and I'm completely generalized when I say this, not every company's like this, of course. So it, it completely changed. It went from Eighty million Americans had to file for unemployment to now companies, businesses can't find enough people. And when you can't find enough people, you would think, well, let Let me ask you this: What do you think? What would happens if you can't find? Let uh, give uh, better health care, right? All these things would make sense, but you're not seeing a lot of it. In fact, you're seeing a lot of companies pushing back and saying, "We want you in the office, five days a week. Get back there." Now, maybe that's good. Maybe that's not good. Maybe it's good for some, not good. But you would think that these companies would offer more options, and some do. By the way, a lot do but they would really try to do their best to make their workers happy. But you don't see that a lot. So now when you're a job seeker, you're thinking, huh, things are better. They should be really interested in me. But then you have to go in one interview, two interviews, five interviews, 10 interviews, and I'm not exaggerating, 11 interviews over the course of a month, two months, three months, four months, five months, six months. And and then you get ghosted and you don't hear back. And you're thinking, wait. We're talking about a wall for talent, and yet they're not hiring. And this this is the dilemma. This is the weird thing. So you have on one side these companies that are taking their time. They're over-interviewing people. Their expectations are way high. You know, they're like, you know, here's the job description. You have to have 50 different things to do. And if you can't do it, thanks, but no thanks. I think there's also a lot of FOMO. Fear of missing out. Because I wonder if this is happening too. Because now people, a lot more people working remote and want to keep working remote. Companies are hiring remote. So I wonder if a lot of companies too are saying, hmm, it used to be, I don't know, let's pick a random place. Let's say Philadelphia. So let's say Philadelphia, when you you they some company has a job opening, they're gonna get people from a certain radius that can commute. But now if it's a good company. They could take people from anywhere. They could come from California. They could come from Miami. They could come from Utah. It doesn't matter. So I wonder if companies, too, feel with this overabundance of resumes. And now not resumes because people have lost their jobs and desperate, but resumes because they're saying, hey, I want to work remote. Then all of a sudden, they're thinking, huh, why should we rush? Now, think about them now. And I'm not saying this is right, but actually it's kind of really diabolically smart. So they're probably thinking, hey, you know, Jack Kelly is pretty good and we like him. But since we're getting so many resumes from all over the country, let's just string him along. They may not say string along, but let him keep going through the interview process. We'll slow walk it. And in the meantime, let's keep looking at other people because maybe there's something even better. So you see a combination of taking a long time to interview and a lot of interviewing. And in part, I was thinking maybe because hiring managers couldn't make a decision. They were indecisive, so they just keep dragging along. But now I'm starting to think, yes, that's part of it. But I'm thinking also it could be that they feel, hey, if people remote and apply remote, let's keep looking. Let's keep waiting. So then maybe we could find someone in Wyoming where if you give them $60,000 and you would have to pay $160,000 in New York and you can get the same person with the same abilities, let's put him in, in, in Montana, in Wyoming, wherever, and save a whole lot of money. So this is what's going on. Now, on the candidate side, what's happening is this we all went what was it a year and a half of a pandemic and we don't have to re, you, you know re, you know go through it it was horrible for everybody different degrees of horrible but all across the board not so great unless you're Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or Richard Branson or Mark Zuckerberg then not so bad you're doing pretty good but most people had a rough go of it and think about it. if you have a rough go of it and you're a job seeker And you just saw your your friends, your family, your colleagues lose their jobs. Now, if if you're thinking of looking for a job, the scars of the pandemic outbreak are still fresh. You're seeing people lose their job, seeing people being out of work for a long time. It's scary. So then you start thinking, hey, if I do want a new let's say I want a new job. But if I want a new job, I got to be leery because what could happen? I'll be the last one in and the first one out if something goes wrong. Now, if we had this conversation two years ago, everyone would be saying, what are you worried about, Jack? Come on, stop it. But we all know now it's different. Bad things happen. Really bad things happen. And it happens really quickly. So I think job seekers learn that, said, hey, I can't think of this as if it was two, three, four, five years ago where I interview, go for a new job, and I'll be pretty safe. They're thinking, hey, I'm going to interview, but something goes wrong. I could be tossed out and if I get tossed out and if it's another bad situation, I could be out of work for months or a year or more than a year. There are a lot of people from the pandemic who still haven't found work. And these are really smart, well-educated, great interpersonal skills. Just can't catch that break. I I speak to them all, people like that on people like that all the time. So when now people want to move, they're asking for a big premium. Now, given what I mentioned before, that companies are being kind of tightwads about paying money, you know, they'll throw around money like manhole covers, you know, not, not, they're not very happy about doing it. So you have the companies that don't want to pay that well, but now you have the job seekers who want a premium because they're saying, Hey, I'm taking on a big risk to leave. I know what I have here in this job. I'm safe. They know me, they know what I could do and I'm safe. But if I move over here, I don't know what's going to happen. So if I'm going to take that risk, you got to pay me. So you can see this mismatch where they don't want to pay a lot on one side and the other side want a lot. And then on one side with the company, they feel, hmm, why should we pay all this money? Let's wait. Maybe we'll find someone cheaper. So you get this imbalance. You get this weird imbalance because right now there's something called a JOLTS report. And I'm not going to pretend to remember what the heck it stands for, but it's JOLTS. So Jolt sounds pretty cool. But it's like the job turnover, whatever thing, report. And they calculate how many jobs are available. Now, I don't know how the government knows how many jobs are available. It sounds kind of sus to me that they know exactly how many available. But anyway, let's, let's presume that government knows what we're talking about. And this is an official thing, by the way. So 9.2 million jobs last, uh, in that last report are open. That's a lot of jobs. That's an awful lot of jobs. So you would think that with all those jobs, you should be able everyone should get a, you know, something. But once again, it's a mismatch. An awful lot of these jobs are in the areas that were crushed during COVID. Hospitality, restaurants, bars, gyms, clubs, all that kind of stuff. Now they're coming back. Here's, here's the mismatch again. They're coming back. However, people have come up. I'm curious if you guys are going through this. I am to a certain degree where people have kind of said, wait a minute. I've seen maybe people get sick. I've seen people pass away. And it hits you that how short life is, how fragile it is, how it could be gone in an instant. And then you start thinking, do I want to keep doing this? Do I wanna keep doing the same thing I've been doing for the next five, 10, 20 years? Maybe some yes, but a lot are saying no. And a lot of people who are in, let's say you're working in this big warehouse and you have to be schlepping boxes, you know, getting, you ever see these pictures of big warehouses, where you have to be running around to get whatever thing in a fulfillment center, put it in the box, have it sent out, you're you're getting big boxes, you're putting big boxes up. It is not a pleasant job. You got to worry about getting COVID or even anything because you're on top of each other. Think about a restaurant. You have to fight with people about who are wearing masks who aren't wearing masks, rude customers. So you're at a restaurant, you're a waiter, waitress, you're like, do I want to keep doing this? So the same jobs that are open now, the people say to themselves, they gotta be something better. Do I want to work as a waiter, waitress, basically for tips? And I, how much money can I possibly make? Where am I going with it? Maybe I have to reinvent myself. Maybe I have to pivot to something else. So now when the jobs are open, A lot of these folks are saying, no, thank you. I want to do something different. Now, here comes another mismatch. You want to do something different, which I applaud and respect that. I'm the same way. I try, um, you know, I'm a recruiter, founded a search firm, been doing this for over two decades, but at the same time. I, I had, a, I, I'm a creative kind of person. So, you know, I you know write for Forbes. I have a blog I write for, you know, startup, you know, to startup companies, because I, I like to go outside of my comfort zone and try different things. So I applaud that. I think that's great when people want to learn and grow and expand and do different things. But what happens sometimes is that now you have a lot of these people who are saying, I don't want to keep doing what I'm doing anymore. Now, I pointed out people work in restaurants or, uh, or, or uh, warehouses or fulfillment centers. But same thing with white collar workers. You know, you could be in a job where you're like, do I want to still be a tax accountant 10 years from now? Do I still want to be, um, you know, an attorney or, can I, you know, maybe I want to do something more meaningful and have purpose. You know, maybe I want to go to social work or be a teacher or be a professor. So I think collectively we're going through this. But what happens is this, when then you're trying to apply for a role, companies are very rigid where they say, hey, here's the job description. It has 10 items that you have to have and you have to have those. And if you don't, sorry, we're not going to train. We're not going to upskill and "Eh, can't help you. Sorry. So then the people who want to pivot, And do something different meet resistance from the companies because the companies don't want to take the time and the effort to train and it's easy to point fingers and say they're the bad people and and they're terrible but think of yourself if you're a manager and you're juggling so much and you have a lot on your plate and you're looking to hire the odds are you'd prefer to hire someone who could come in day one start working and you don't have to worry you know, can this person do the job or not? Do I have to spend hours and hours training them? But they can start right away. Now, once again, these are generalizations. Not every, you know, companies like that. But but I think you get the message. So if you're looking for a new job, and let's say you want to pivot from whatever you're doing to something else, and you're running into roadblocks, just know it's not you. It's not you that is happening to. This is happening to everybody. And and it's because we have this. We're in this weird state now because it's much better than it was. And I, and just so you know, I'm saying this, and I could say this and still be very optimistic because sometimes what happens, you have phases. We're in this unique phase. We're in this, in my opinion, this coming into this post pandemic phase. Yes, I understand that we're not out of it. Yes, I understand we have to take precautions. Yes, I'm vaccinated. My family's vaccinated. I get it. However, it seems the worst in the dark days behind us, we're moving forward, but it's not easy to make that segue. It's hard because you can, it's hard to, to wrap your head around, okay, a month ago, two months ago, we were scared of our minds about getting COVID. Now we can go out and go to parties and go to restaurants and travel. It's hard to digest it. So I think what's happening, we we're, we're in this in-between phase where things aren't sorted out and then another issue that compounds it is that companies are still figuring out how are we going to bring people back the consensus seems to be that we're going to do hybrid work that means be in the office two three days a week the rest remote you're also going to have a large amount of people who just want to do remote but it's not easy so I think, again, to be fair to companies, because it's easy to bash these big faceless companies, you know, and the executives who make, you know, millions of dollars in their stock options. So it's easy to point as the villains. But I, w- I want to be fair and open with everything. Yes, some are, some aren't, you know. Um, it's easy just to make a blanket statement. But I, so what happens is this. So with these companies think about it, imagine you were an executive of ABC Widget Company International. You now have to figure out, What are we going to do? Are we going to have two or three days a week? And if we do two or three days a week, who is going to watch over this? Maybe we have to hire a remote work officer. That's the thing. And to watch over to make sure everything is going smoothly. If you're a middle manager, think how challenging it is to figure out where is Jack today? Where is Sue today? Where is this person? have to make sure that they're looking after everybody. When you hire somebody, Think it, how weird is it going to be if they're just remote and they never meet anybody in person and they're working at home? It's hard to connect. It's hard. To, and I don't want to throw out the term corporate culture or get that. But it's more of you don't know anybody. You don't feel connected to the place. If you're remote, work, keeping remote, you got to worry. Are you going to be forgotten? Out of sight, out of mind. So the companies, I think, are slow walking the whole hiring process, too, because they're not sure how this is going to play out. I think some companies are saying, "Eh, don't worry, it's all good. Two, three days in the office, the rest at home. I imagine three, six, nine months later. All right, everybody. We want you back in the office. They'll probably come up with some excuse, like some some bozo probably did something dumb. And you can say, oh, Jack in accounting, boy, he made a big mess. And because he was doing it at home and no one was watching over him, just because of him, now that's it. Everyone has to get back to the office. I can see that happening. Not for every company, but I can see it happening. I can see some companies where the remote workers kind of get forgotten, like second-class citizens. And they're very disgruntled and, and, and they leave. So the company still, they, so you want to hire, but you realize you've got a lot on your plate. You got to bring these people back. You got to onboard new people. You got to make sure that everybody's taken account for. So again, I, I'll, I'll say that's a mismatch too, is that you want things to happen, but there's all these moving parts. And, there, and again, the reason I'm bringing this up and it sounds, and I know it could be a little confusing because there are a lot of different things at play. But that's why That's why. if you're a job seeker and you're not sure well, like what's going on, why am I having to go through 10 interviews? Why? Because I want to pivot. Why aren't they giving me a shot? Well, I'm smart. I have a good background. How come they're not giving me a chance? And if you're a company and you're wondering, why is this person asking for so much money? That doesn't seem fair. Are they are they trying to rip us off? Are they taking advantage? It's because of these kind of quirkinesses, these mismatches that are going on. And what I found out over the years, oftentimes people think it's just them going through it. They feel, you know, why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? Is there a black cloud over my head? Did, did my former boss, my current boss say something? Are my coworkers backstabbing me? Because that's a natural thing. But what I'm trying to do with a lot of these LinkedIn lives is to show, hey, these are trends. These are things that are happening. It's not just you. This is happening across the board to a lot of different people. And there's some comfort in knowing that because if you know, it's not just you, and this is a a trend and this is happening across the board. Does it make it better and different? Not overnight, but does it make you feel a little better? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then you know, Hey, it's nothing I did wrong. It's just, this is how it is right now. And as I mentioned before, I maintain this is a temporary imbalance. And then as time goes on, what you're gonna see is that companies are gonna kind of get their handle on this whole hybrid mode, you know, way of doing it. Some may just say, hey, here, we want everybody to come back in because it's easier for us. Other companies may say, you know what, it's easier everyone remote, but that will take time. We're talking about, if I had to have uh, educated guests, we're talking about going to, you know, the holidays. Because by September, a lot of firms are saying, this is what we're making, and, you know, we're getting the people back, however they're coming back. Give it a few more months to see how it works out. So then by the holidays, we'll probably have a feel how this is all gonna play out. So be prepared that it would be kind of clunky for a while. And let me throw something else into the mix. Historically, in my experience, when, it, when you go to the summertime, particularly when you hit August, It becomes slow. Vacation time, people want to go on the beach, they want to go away. Now, because of COVID, people want to definitely go. They've been stuck at home for so long. A lot of people haven't seen their parents, their siblings, their friends, they haven't gone anywhere. A lot of people just stayed home, been in their home the whole time. So they can't wait to get away. So, what you're going to have now is another. Now, this isn't such a mismatch. This is kind of a, just a quirky seasonal thing where you want to interview, but then the HR person is on vacation. When he or she comes back, the hiring manager is on vacation. When he or she comes back, someone else who needs to be there is on vacation. Then the candidate goes away. So it gets really clunky to do. And that's another thing to factor in. So I think that a lot of times it'll be slow walking because they know it's going to be very hard to make these things happen. It's gonna be very, with all these vacation time and people going away, that it's gonna be hard to keep the rhythm, so they're taking their time. Now, I think a lot of you now are probably thinking, oh, this all makes sense. I get it, all right, I see what's happening. A lot of times it's like a game, and so this is the game. This is what's happening, this is what's going on. So if you know it, then that's cool, because then if you know it, first of all, you don't have to be stressed and anxiety or anything, think it's just you it's this is what's happening and as i maintain um now can i be 100 right no i don't know maybe i am maybe i'm not but i do think it's gonna play out over time and get better because then it'll crystallize the here's kind of the standard so it's kind of getting through that period now during that period i would still suggest you interview you look for another job you network do all these things because either people are still getting people are getting hired people are getting jobs so don't get me wrong it's just a little bit more choppy and not as easy but it's happening so keep going keep doing it and at least you know if you're, you're if they're asking you to go on interview after interview the light going to go on and say i know why i know why they're doing it i get it they're waiting to see if uh there's someone better and cheaper they like me but they want to see who else if they get someone better and cheaper and you're going to kind of keep waiting or they're a little freaked out because they don't know how they're going to work out their whole return to work. So they don't want to make any decisions until they know. And if let's say, Hey, I want to do something different, but they're not letting me now, you know, okay, because these companies don't want to invest in the training and upskilling right now, maybe down the road, they will, when they realize they're not getting the right people and they have to kind of be more open-minded right now, they feel let's just wait. So this is something i think you don't hear too often and this is this is what i want to bring to the table when i have these linkedin live conversations